so we've been talking about having our focus on our Heavenly Father, focusing then on our forever future because each of us will live forever somewhere. And we need to focus on where we're headed. And then we've talked about focusing on following Jesus and on who we are in Jesus. And I remind you again that you are somebody. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you are somebody. Because Jesus Christ has adopted you into his family, you are somebody. You're chosen. You are royalty. And when you realize that you are royalty, you live differently, you walk differently, you talk differently, you set, are set apart and realize you're set apart by God and for God. This isn't just a mental thing. You're royalty. You're priests. You're God's chosen people. You're called out. You are different. You're holy people. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. You are owned by God now. So focus. Focus. And then realize that as you focus on him and realize who you are, you will stick out. We stopped at Sonic on our way to the men's conference. Anybody else love Sonic? I mean, I okay. None of you even know about Sonic. I'm so sorry. Like I told some of the guys that have never been there, I said, you missed half your life. I mean, what, what is, what's up with that? Foot-long chili cheese coney. Onion rings. Cherry limeade. Mwah. I know, I don't have gourmet taste. I, I've been told that. It's all good. But, uh, and I don't do that often. All of you people worried about my heart and my life. And I, I'm, uh, but it was interesting as, as the young men kept coming out and serving us. We were all sitting around just, just chatting. And, and finally he looks at us and he goes, who are you guys? Where, where are you going? What are you doing? It's like, you're all different. Something's different here. And, and we should stick out in a crowd. We should stick out in this world because we are different. We are holy. We're set apart. There's something different about us. We carry a different atmosphere because we carry the atmosphere of heaven. We carry the DNA of our heavenly father. And so we are different. Tim Keller says most people want Jesus as a consultant rather than a king. The problem with that is, and, and, and here's our deal, a lot of times we, we just do our own thing, we're king of our life, and then we go check in every once in a while. Hey, can you just kind of bless what I'm doing? And God's like, no, I'm really wanting to sit on the throne of your life. I want to rule your life because when I'm in charge, things go well. When I'm in charge, you're not going to get yourself in a mess like you always do. I know none of you go there ever, but uh, because Jesus Christ is my king, I am somebody. Amen. I'm called to be reaching and changing, reaching lives away from Jesus to be changed by his love. So we need to focus, focus on who we are. We're God's people. 
We're called to show others the goodness of God as we focus on following Jesus. We talked last week about cutting out the wrong stuff, craving the right stuff, crying out for more of God and, and for the nutrition that he brings, and not just when it's convenient, but carefully focusing on following Jesus, letting honor be a hallmark of our life. Talked about following in his steps. As 1 Peter chapter 2 talked about walking in his steps, in the steps of Jesus. And we, we asked the question, what would Jesus do in every situation? It's the same basic question that Andy Stanley's asking us in our, in our power groups. What's the wise thing to do in this situation? In light of my past experience, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams. What's the wise thing for me to do? Not for everybody else, because everybody else isn't going to do what, what God's called you to do. But you need to make some decisions and say, for me, what would Jesus do? In this situation, for me. Yeah, everybody else may be able to go to that. Everybody else may be able to drink that. Everybody else may be able to smoke that. Everybody else may be able to go there and do that. But for me. In my situation, with Jesus Christ as the King of kings and Lord of lords in my life, what's the wise thing? What would Jesus do if he were here? And guess what? He is. He's here. He's ever-present. He's an ever-present help in time of need. And we talked about Jesus. What would Jesus do? Well, Jesus is all about the lost. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to bind up those who are wounded. He came to set captives free, and that's what he's all about. And so that's what he wants us to be about. So focus, 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 focus. As I used to tell my kids, and sometimes I still tell my kids that, you're better than that. You know better than that. You are better than that. Focus on who you are. So we talked about focusing on our Heavenly Father, focusing on our forever future, focusing on following Jesus. And as Jesus, as we follow Jesus, we, we realize that he submitted to his Father's authority and he calls us to submit to his authority Enter the authority that is over us. And once we've gotten that whole focus right on our relationship with God, we need to focus on our other relationships. And today I want to talk about focusing on family. Somebody say family. family. Focus on the, your family and, and focus on the family of God. And I want to continue on in 1 Peter. Uh, Peter is writing to Christians who are being tortured, burned, beaten, killed, and destroyed. And he, he is trying to walk them through some things. And, and here in chapter 3, he wants us to focus on family. And he says in, in chapter 3, verse 1, in the same way, and if you'll go back in chapter 2, you know he's talking about respecting authority, honoring those who are above you, even if it's not a good deal. Honor, you never lose by honoring. 
You just don't lose that way. You never lose by respecting authority. Right, Rodney? We were talking about, you know, speeding tickets and stuff because they think I drive too fast. And... <laughs> but we heard a lot of speeding ticket stories this weekend, didn't we? And uh, a lot of times, if you'll just honor, yeah, you broke the law and you realize it and you just say, you know what, I, I honor your decision. I'm just asking for mercy. Because <laughs> I'm wrong. And we heard, what, three stories this weekend of people who got out of tickets because they just simply honored. Okay, I'll just move on here. So he says, in the same way, knowing all this about respect and authority and honor, he says, you wives. You wives must accept the authority of your husbands. And, and I know there are some husbands that don't deserve respect and honor at times. And I've been one of those at times. But Peter says there's something about authority. There, there's something about authority that if you'll come under authority, there's a structure and God blesses this. It's as if there's an umbrella of authority. And if you'll stay under the umbrella, you don't suffer the consequences of the rain that falls all around. There's something that happens if you'll stay under the authority that God has placed. And so talking to wives, he says, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. And then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. I don't know if you've ever been around anybody that, that speaks to you without speaking to you. They don't have to say anything. They just show up. And there's something about them because they're living under the authority that God has placed over them. And they carry authority. Because they're under authority. It was, it's interesting in, in the, the Gospels that when Jesus talked to a man who was under authority in the, the armed forces of his day, and he said, look, don't, you don't even have to come, just say the word, and my son will be healed. And, and Jesus says, okay, I, you, you get this, don't you? He says, yeah, because I'm under authority, and I just whatever's done above me, I just pass that on, and I'm under authority, so I have authority. And I know if, if it's been set above me, then it will pass through me down to those who will continue the authority. And Jesus said, I haven't found such faith in all of Israel. And of course, he was healed. And Jesus didn't even have to go because of authority. 
Are you with me today? Yes. And, and this, this is happening in the family. And he says, you know, you're going to speak without even speaking a word. They will be won over by observing. Somebody say observing. observing. See, that, that's, that's not a confrontation. That's not a, well, you, you just, what do you you know, this is observation. By observing your pure and reverent lives, they'll be won over. And I've heard a lot of stories that back this up. And then he goes on to verse 3 and he says, Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of. Got my nails done, got my hair did, expensive jewelry, beautiful clothes. You don't have to go to the mall. I, I, I'm kidding. You, I know you have to go to the mall. I know it's part of life. You just have to do that. But he said, don't be concerned about that. The outward stuff, because you should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. It, it, it's not, because look, if you're hoping to keep that beauty on the outside forever, I got bad news for you. <laughs> it's fading, baby. And it may not be this week or this month or this year, but it's going to fade at some point. And, and it's not, it's not going to last. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, it's funny to me to watch some of these Hollywood stars try to keep their young looks, and they start to deform themselves <laughs> to the point where you, don't, you can't even recognize them anymore. And, and the reality is, beautiful, my mom used to tell my, my sisters, pretty is as pretty does. So you want to be pretty, you... Forget the outside stuff. It's what's inside that comes out. Amen. So work on the inside. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. And I always tell single ladies, single men, don't, don't be trying to find Mr. Right, trying to find Mrs. Right. You become the right person and the right person will be attracted to you. Amen. You see, it's who you become. It's, it's the beauty that comes from within that makes all the difference in the world. You can be the most, have, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a beautiful woman or a handsome man, and then they open their mouth. <laughs> or they, they just, you know, they live in such a way that it's like, ooh, ah, ah. yeah, no thanks. And, and so Peter here is telling the women, look, you should clothe yourselves instead of with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty. What kind of beauty is that? Of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Amen. Gentle, quiet. That doesn't mean shut up, okay? Doesn't mean you don't have a voice. There's something quiet and gentle about your spirit. You're not trying to push things. You're, you're allowing God 
through his authority over you to let that, you know, look, if, if, I'm a, if I'm a cop and I'm standing in the middle of the street with my badge and I'm doing this, is, do I have power? No, but I have authority. And so just standing there going like that, we got, we got construction on this road out here. During the week, they'll be standing there with, with just an a orange flag. Okay? I can run over the orange flag. You kidding me? I can run you down. You're in my way, dude. I, I'm trying to get to, you know, whatever. And, and yet there's some authority that says, look, I have authority to, to stop you. Okay? And so there's a quietness that, that is an unfading beauty. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. Oh, my. Look what time it is. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Okay, I'm going to rush. We're going to get through this, okay? Hang on. Put your seatbelts on. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. So you got to trust God in this. And if you don't trust God, it messes everything up. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband. Abraham called him her master. You are her daughters when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. There's a lot in here. In the same way, guys, you husbands must give honor to your wives. There, there's something about honor. God is all about honor. It brings a blessing. And some of us live in such a way that we dishonor our wives. And God's not pleased with it. I'll just tell you right now, guys, if you're not honoring your wife, it's messing everything up. The husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. I know you can't understand her. I get that. But treat her with understanding. Babe, I don't understand this, but help me understand. Help me. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. Oh, come on. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Amen. Treat her as you should, or else your prayers are going to be hindered. Amen. Some of us wonder, what's happening with my prayer life? It's because you're treating your wife bad. You've messed up some relationships here. God loves authority, and he wants you to come under the authority of him and that authority structure flows down and there's blessing that flows with it. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Jimmy Evans says one special challenge couples have today is related to electronics. On a number of occasions I've heard one spouse tell me something like this. My spouse is sitting across the room from me but they're never with me. 
They're on their phone. They're texting. They're on Facebook. They're connected somewhere else. Did you know that one-third of all divorce filings contain the word Facebook? Wow. And he says, this doesn't mean technology or social media is evil. Technology can be a wonderful servant, but it's a terrible master. So if you don't control it, it will control you. Treat your wife with understanding. Treat your spouse with honor and, and understanding, with respect. Talk to your spouse. Give them the gift of words of encouragement. You need to understand what fills their tank and then fill it up. Because if you don't fill it, somebody else will. Doctors Les and Leslie Parrott, they, they say the truth is we live and die by encouragement. Mark Twain once said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. That's probably true for all of us. It's easy to have admiring thoughts about your spouse that you don't take the time to share. So take the next step and begin telling your spouse all the things you've been thinking but haven't been disclosing. Some of you, that's all you need to hear today because you need to go home and do that. You've been thinking some good stuff, but it's got to come out of here. Talk about it. Fill them up. Connect with him or her on purpose, intentionally, with honor, with acceptance, and with understanding. Listen, pouring into your spouse is a delicate dance, but it leads to life on all fronts. You never lose when you pour into your spouse. God cares about your family. He, he, he cares and he knows a little investment will go a long way. So verse 8, Peter goes on and he says, finally, all of you, and this is where you're like, well, I'm not a husband, I'm not a wife. He goes, hey, everybody, all of you should be of one mind. We need to come together, have some unity in the family, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters. That's why we call this the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We all have the same blood flowing through us. So he says, you're, you're like brothers and sisters, so love each other that way. And I know brothers and sisters fight a lot. I have a few. But there's still a deep love that, that goes beyond the outward junk sometimes. So he says, be tenderhearted. Keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. It's like talking to your kids, isn't it? Now, come on, don't hit. He hit I know he hit you, but don't hit. Come on, don't hit him back. Oh, you don't have kids. I'm sorry. You missed that, did you? Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults. He called me and... When people insult you, instead, pay them back with a blessing. <laughs> Whoa, that messes them up. 
That's what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life, see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Paul told the Roman church in Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You do your part, let God do his part. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, forget the other person, forget the other entity that did their thing, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And I know some people aren't people of peace. I understand that. I, I get it clearly. And yet, as far as it depends on you, you do what you can do and then leave it in God's hands. Notice the next verse in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. See, God's a big God and he can take care of a lot of stuff. You stay right in your heart. You do what's right on your end. And let God work out all the details. Verse 13. Uh, worship team, go ahead and come. Now, who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed what, when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it's better to suffer for doing good if that's what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. And then verse 18, Christ suffered for our sins. He didn't deserve the suffering, but he suffered for our sins to pay our debt. Once for all. It's done. It's paid for. It is finished. Once for all. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. <laughs> you see, Jesus Christ paid the, the ultimate price for you and for me to set us free from our sin. So that we might be brought safely to God, safely home. Jesus was raised to life in the spirit. So he preached to the saints, the spirits in prison, those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. 
Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It's effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In the last verse of, of chapter 3, now Christ has gone to heaven, and he is seated in the place of honor next to God. And all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. You see, he's talking about authority here. And he has come under the authority of God, his Father. And now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. In the place of authority. And all the angels, all the powers, all the demons, all accept his authority because they have no choice. Because he was under authority and now he has all authority. Jesus Christ won the victory. He persevered through everything so he could take the throne as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And all the angels, demons, authorities, and powers knows he's in charge. And every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. 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 And this is the same God who cares about your family. The same God who wants your relationships and your family to work. The same God who wants relationships in the family of God to work. Revelation chapter 5, stand with me please. Verse 9. As you jump to the last part of the Bible, the end chapters of the book, you get a glimpse of what's happening in the heavenly realm. And they sang a new song with these words, You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it, for you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign on the earth. You are somebody. Come on. High five your neighbor and say, you are somebody because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You are somebody. God has set you apart. God has delivered you. God has set you free from your sin. God has given you a name that is above every name written down in the Lamb's book of life. Focus. John the Revelator says, Then I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. And they sang, blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Worthy to receive all glory, power, might, and dominion. Jesus Christ is on the throne. And placing ourselves under his authority. 
gives us the ability to handle anything that comes our way. Every relationship that comes our way. Every situation, every trial, every family issue. As long as we do things God's way. It's time to focus. It's time to focus on our Heavenly Father. Focus on our forever future. Focus on following Jesus. And focus on family. Because this is a big deal. And I'm asking God to help us with our family situations. And I don't know if you have a family situation. But if you do, I want you to lift your hands and we're going to pray together. We're going to invite the authority of God Almighty. As we get under authority, we're going to invite God's authority to come and rule and reign in every situation. Come on. Just invite him in right now. Oh God, in Jesus' name, I speak your authority over this house. I speak your authority over this family, over every family represented here today. I speak your authority over every family that's represented online in the name of Jesus. I speak your authority, Lord. Come and do your work in our families. Lord, take care of our family situations. We do our part. We come under. We come under you. Jesus Christ is the head. We come under the head. We come under your authority. And Lord, because of that, you place your authority in us. And I pray the, the spirit of the living God, the authority of Jesus Christ on every head of every house, in the mighty name of Jesus, as we submit to you, you're going to break chains. You're going to set captives free. You're going to bring deliverance. You're going to bring a shift in the atmosphere. Lord, you're going to do things that we can't do only by your spirit, only by your power, only by your might, only by your authority. So, Lord, we stand under your...